the Capitals' playoff hopes next on Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. So in this episode of Locked On Capitals, we're going to talk about what can we expect from the Caps for the rest of the season? Are the Caps on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs? And what moves do the Caps need to make before the trade deadline? But in this episode, we are joined by Bob Matthews of the Bob Matthews Podcast. Bob, welcome back to the show. Dan, thank you so much for having me. I know we're we're into February now, but Happy New Year. Hope the start of the year has gone, well, better for you than it went for the Caps in, in January. I hope you're a little bit over 500 in your life. I am, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, the Caps can have more of a December uh, than they did in January. Because, you know, being that we're talking about this, you take a look at the Caps in the month of January. They were 6-7-1 and one. in the month of December. They were 11-2-2. Two and two. So it's an interesting thing because on paper, it seems like the Caps should have got a lot better in the month of January because they got Tom Wilson back. They got Nick Backstrom back. For you, what changed that things kind of fell off the rails for the Caps uh, in the month of January? I understand they didn't fall completely on their face, but definitely not as strong of a performance uh, as we saw in the month of December. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, and it and uh, I'll get to that in a second. But I, I think it's left us kind of wondering. Who are these guys? You know, what is what is this team this year? And ironically, I think it's the two guys that you mentioned, it, Tom Wilson and Nicholas Backstrom, ironically enough. I mean, you think, my God, getting those two guys back and you'd be a rocket ship to the moon. But I, I think that the team was playing so well with the lines that Peter Laviolette had there through the uh, you know through December that I, I guess getting Wilson and Backstrom back kind of interrupted that flow a little bit and now they've got to try and kind of figure out where they go from here and who works best with whom going down the stretch it was interesting I was um I was talking to a, a couple of uh, folks on the beat la- or earlier uh in January and, and they I said you know what's what's going on with the lines and everything and uh, they told me that, you know, Peter Lavioletta at that point, you know, was just trying to find some combinations that were going to work on a consistent basis. So it's it's a very unusual position for this team. 
Yeah, and it's one of the things that's a bit interesting, and it kind of puts the Caps fans in an odd place, is there is the possibility this season for the first time in a long time uh, that they might not make it to the playoffs. I don't want to get ahead of myself and say that's not going to happen as it stands right now. They are fourth in the Metro with 60 points. Right underneath of them is the Penguin, Penguins with 59, and the Islanders and Bull Horvat with 59 points. So, you know, the thing of it is, is that if the Penguins, the Islanders, uh, you know, something like that, if they caught fire, that could spell trouble for the Capitals if they have an inconsistent February uh, like they did for the month of January. You're right. It, it could. And, the, you know, the great thing about the Capitals organization, I think, <laughs> compared to some other uh, teams in the DMV, which we're not going to mention here, um, but you can actually give the Capitals the benefit of the doubt that they're going to figure this out. I mean, I, like you said, you know, they've missed the playoffs, I think, one time in in Ovi's era. I mean, if you go back to the literally the first year they ever made the playoffs as a team since then. Time uh, that you drop the puck. So I think you have to give the organization and give Laviolette the credit that and the benefit of the doubt that they're going to figure it out. But you're right. It, this is going to be a stretch run, unlike we've seen in, in quite a few years, because normally we're sitting here and the Capitals are leading the Metro. You're worried about, are they going to peak too soon? And this year, it looks like they're going to have to play their way in. Yeah, and it's a tough spot uh, for the Caps to be in, and uh, you know, uncharted territory, I guess you could say for them. Uh, one of the things that's changed, I guess you could say, would be in the month of December. We know that uh, Darcy Kemper got injured, but Charlie Lindgren, in my assessment, came in and saved the Caps season. What do I mean when I say that? Lindgren came in and posted a nine-two and zero record. Um, so, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, a backup goalie, uh, sometimes you don't know what you have in it. You know, the caps in past seasons, you had Vanacek and Samsonov. It was a mm -hmm. crapshoot. You never knew who was worse. Uh, so for Charlie Lindgren, kind of this AHLer that kind of rose to prominence, you know, had a, a brief hint uh, playing with the Blues um, and that kind of thing. Not a, an extensive NHL experience, but you could save, you know, the, say that the cap season was saved at least in part due to the play of Charlie Lindgren, who kind of came in. Chucky Sideburns saved the day. <laughs> and the mustache. Never underestimate a man <laughs> with a mustache. You're absolutely right. Um, I mean, McClellan, again, McClellan got raves for the offseason that he had last year. Lindgren was one of those pieces. And when you think about it, contrast, and that's why I'm not too, too worried right now, because contrast the goaltending this year as opposed to last year. Um, when Darcy Kemper got pulled uh, a couple of weeks ago, right before the break, it was, I'm thinking off the top of my head, maybe the second, possibly the third time all year that a goaltender has been pulled for the Capitals. Now, think back to where we were this time last year. Not only was Peter Laviolette, uh, you know, switching goaltenders almost on a nightly basis, but it wasn't even a given that, you know, that the one that started would finish the game. How many times did we see him switch? literally in mid game. So that's where I think that's why you have to have some, some, some optimism for this stretch run because, you know, they've, as long as the goaltending stays strong and I think it will, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a seven foot center in basketball. You know, you can't teach seven feet. 
Um, you know, you've either got good goaltending or you don't. They've got good goaltending. So what they've really got to do now is find some more offense. And that's what they're going to have to do. And I spoke with Matt Wirekin. He actually posted this piece I'm going to reference here next. But, you know, he was saying as long, you know, they need another forward uh, that could help, you know, with the scoring. It seems like they've been a bit snake bitten. But in this piece he wrote here, entering play Wednesday, the Caps hold the top wildcard spot with 60 points in 53 games. Four other teams remain in the hunt. Pittsburgh, 59. New York Islanders, 59. Buffalo Sabres, 56. But the Capitals are kind of in a tough spot. Washington will have 29 games the rest of the way to solidify its spot in the playoff bracket. Eight of those contests pit the Capitals against other wild card contenders. Uh, so the Caps do have a rough schedule ahead as we take a look at it. The next game they play is against the uh, Boston Bruins, who have the best record in the NHL. It is going to be a tall task, suffice it to say. So the question that I have, base that we were talking about netminding out there, and I know that a lot of times people like to stick to labels, you know, like Darcy Kemper's my number one and Charlie Lindgren's my number two. Who are you going to start between the pipes when it comes to game day against the Bruins? Oh, I, I still think you got to go with Darcy. Um, he is, you know, he's had a good, he's had a great year. He really has. Um, you're talking about the guy that won the cup last year. I mean, this is the reigning Stanley cup champion goaltender right now. Uh, and, and I think he just, you've, you've got to go with him right now again. And Lindgren was absolutely great in December. Um, but, and that's, that's the whole thing. There wasn't that much of a fall off. So why not go with the guy with a good pedigree, at least for now? And, and you know, that if, you know, for whatever reason you have to, you can make the switch, but, you know, and again, to me, it's the big problem is it's been, there've been too many nights when the caps have lost three to two, two to one, two to nothing, stuff like that. You know, I really think it's, it's, they've got to get this offensive problem solved, but, but, to your original point, I go with Darcy Kemper um, to start against Boston. And, you know, he's my number one until he's until he proves to me that he's not. All right. So after the break here, we are going to talk about trade targets. Is there a player out there that could help this team get any better? We'll talk about that next. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make on betting sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money lines to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you can bet on who's going to win the Super Bowl. It makes watching the game that much more exciting. So the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
All right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So this is a fun time of season for me because it's between the all-star break and the trade deadline. And it gets a little crazy. As I talked about in yesterday's pod, there's some crazy names that have been linked uh, with this team. Most notably, Besser was a, a name that was linked to this team. Chikrin, Debrinkit. Uh, yeah. Of all those names, you're starting to see, hear a lot of the sexy NHL names out there. I've heard Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane and all these these big names out there. Of of those players, you know that are out there, which one of those could you envision being on the Capitals, if any? And if it's none of those, you know, what, what player do you think could come to this Capitals team and help solidify it? Yeah, well, I, I think two of the ones you mentioned, you know, uh, Brinkett and. And uh, Boser would would be the the logical choices because they're a little bit younger. I, I seriously don't think that Brian McClellan and, and I may be wrong. I don't know. I don't sit in his office there. I find it hard to believe that he would you know trade for you know someone like Taves or something like that that's you know so much older. Uh, especially considering the fact that they're trying to to restock the farm system now. Um, but it, it, it's going to be interesting to see because they're they're caught in this weird place here, or at least we as fans are caught in this weird place because you know the team isn't getting any younger. Um, but you know we've got this emotional attachment to this core, and you know at some point some of these guys are going to have to move on. Now, obviously, it's not going to be Ovechkin, it's not going to be Nicholas Backstrom, it's not going to be Tom Wilson. And it's, I mean, I'm 95% sure it's not going to be TJ Oshie, but you know, maybe uh, I, I would, I would think that would be a mistake, but you know, Lars Eller, is that a guy you can trade? You know, who do you move out of the lineup, even if you trade for somebody and, and, you know, and, and again, having said that, you, you know, you look at the lines every night and you're like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. But and then they go out and, you know, again, you're involved in a 3-1 game either way. So something's got to change somewhere. I'm just glad I'm not the one that's got to make that decision. So, you know, for me, it seems like Eller seems to be the most logical. And I know that he's kind of stepped up and really kind of, you know, earned a spot on this team when everyone kind of cast him aside as maybe someone that could be scratched earlier in the season. It almost seemed like mm -hmm. it was McMichael's job to lose in the beginning of the season. But the reason I think Lars Eller makes the most sense is this is the last year of his deal with the Caps. If they wait till the offseason, they get zero. It seems that it would be advantageous for the Capitals to move him, maybe bundle him with Anthony Mantha and, you know, see if they can get something in return for him. You know, it seems that Anthony Mantha has not lived up to potential. I know he's this big bulking guy, but not intrinsically a tough guy. They've tried to shape right. him into that, but it's just not in his skill set. Do you think that that would be a good move uh, for the Caps to move on from Eller and Mantha? Maybe bundle them up and just kind of ship them out and get something in return. That's actually, that's a hell of an idea, uh, especially if you can get something that will help you. And, and even if you can't to get some, you know, some picks to help restock the farm system, because you know, even though we say restock the farm system, there are still some, some interesting prospects that you do want to see, you know, in the lineup, there's some young kids that, that have earned some, some playing time, and, you know, and we saw Mantha 
scratched, um, you know, a healthy scratched uh, a few weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, would I hate to see Eller go on an emotional level? Yeah, because, you know, that, you know, my God, that's the guy, that's the guy that scored the biggest goal in Capitals history to win the cup. But, you know, you just you can only keep the band together for so long. And if you don't, you know, reinvigorate, you're going to, you know, you're going to wilt on the vine. You know, the thing for me is, uh, you know, and I was talking about this with Hockey Troll from the Caps Chur podcast, is that the one thing I want them to avoid doing is giving up prospects. You know, this kind of goes back to the whole Philip Forsberg thing when they traded mm-hmm. him for Martin Erat. I'll never understand that one. <laughs> that I still have good. a bit of a bit of PTSD. You know, I was at work and I looked <laughs> at my phone and I'm like, okay, and Michael Lotta. Well, great. A uh, lot ended up being the, the good player out of that mix. Mm. But in any event, I don't want to see the Capitals move on from someone like a McMichael or a LaPierre. And when I was reading some of those articles uh, that the hockey writers put out when it was Chickering and it was Besser and it was Debrinket, most every one of the, the uh, what the other team would get in return was uh, Hendrick Slop here or a Connor McMichael. Right. I'm against that. This Caps team should be all in on building its future. It is the oldest team in the NHL. They got a plan for the future because I know that there were certain promises made to Alex Ovechkin that he wouldn't have to live through a tear it down to the studs rebuild. Um, but at some point that's going to happen. There's three years and change left on Ovi's contract. For me, I don't think the Capitals should move on from some of their crown jewels, uh, i.e. Hendricks LaPierre uh, and Connor McMichael. What are your thoughts on that? 100% agree with you. I mean, if if you really feel you have to move one of them, obviously that would be McMichael. But no, absolutely not on Hendricks LaPierre in any way shape or form. I mean, this was a kid um, uh, like the defenseman last year's draft, uh, the kid who his name is escaping me right now, probably because it's Russian, but you know, he and, and LaPierre were the, were the two guys that had these hugely high first round grades and slipped to the caps position. You absolutely have to keep them. Um, I mean, LaPierre is going to be one of your you know, one of your centers of the future. I mean, you know, and if, if you've really got to trade somebody and, you know, granted, obviously, you know, like you said, the promises that were made for Ovi, but yeah, I'd even say, you know, if you got to trade somebody, trade Evgeny Kuznetsov. If, if you've got to do something like that, although his contract probably is prohibitive of that, but LaPierre is a guy you've got to have in the lineup in the next couple of years. He's proved he belonged there. Um, and McMichael too, I think, I think he's a guy that's going to have to play center, um, you know, to be, you know, to be an effective NHL player. Uh, So it's just, yeah, those two guys, um, they have got to keep them. uh, They got to keep them in the fold. Absolutely do not trade them. So, I mean, that that is the tough question on who to move on from. You know, if I take a look at it, you know, knee-jerk reaction, I guess I could say maybe like an Alexi Protus, um, something like that, you know, where he's mm-hmm. kind of bounced up and down between Washington uh, and uh, down in Hershey there. All right, so after the break, we are going to continue to talk about possible movement for the Capitals. We'll talk about the Caps' blue line where John Carlson is the only blue liner under contract after this season. Mind-boggling. We'll talk about that and much more next. 
Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise on taste, then, man, I've got the thing for you. you got to try Built Bar. With Built Healthy is actually tasty, seriously. They're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. So what makes Built so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% chocolate. Yeah, that's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how they do it, but these bars taste like candy while maintaining amazing macros. And now you don't have to go to Built.com. We've talked about for years that you can get these bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at Walmart and you can get them at Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So two moves were already made by Brian McClellan, and I love them. The Dylan Strom deal and the Sonny Milano, mm-hmm. you know, some, you know, a buying and doing it under a budget. I love it. Sonny Milano, as we know, came released from a PTO from the Calgary Flames, came here and has killed it. Same goes for Dylan Strom. He came in here to fill the role of Nick Backstrom in his absence. Backstrom came back way earlier than anyone thought in January. People are saying it wasn't going to be till the end of the year or possibly next year. So anyway, it is just a great, uh, some great movement by Brian McClellan. I got to say, Strom on the five-year deal, deal, Sonny Milano on a three-year deal. How excited are you about those two deals alone? Very. Strom gives them uh, gives them youth, you know. I mean, that, that brings the average age down a little, so that was absolutely crucial. And you're right about Milano, you know, and you can look at stats and ice time and goals and assists and everything, but have you noticed just uh, at the granular level, Joe Batonati always seems to be calling Sonny Milano's name every game. That's you know, funny. the guy flashes every time he's out there. There. So I thought it. I thought it as well. It was a no-brainer, um, and I'm really glad to see that McClellan's locked those two guys up. And, and of course, the hair with Sonny Milano too. I mean, my God, that's <laughs> it's just it's fantastic. So you got to keep him for that, if nothing else. I wish I had even a part of that hair. I really don't. I wish I had that. any of the hair. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Look at me here. Good lord, so- the glare that's coming off of my light <laughs> on my forehead. Sheesh. So just taking a look at the forwards on the forward front, Marcus Johansson, Connor Sheary, Lars Eller, Garnet Hathaway, and Nicholas Abe-Kubel are all set to hit the market on July 1st. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just taking a look at that list there, I'm like, well, which of those guys would I like for them to move on from? Uh, I guess if I had to pick gun to the head, I would say Lars Eller. I don't want to envision this Caps team without Garnet Hathaway. He is that sandpaper. He is the guy that yep. chirps nasty things in your ear to draw a penalty. Uh, Marcus Johansson, who was bounced around the, uh, to five different teams before, you know, in between the Caps stint there. Of just those players I listed there, uh, could you see the Caps moving on from any of them? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, Eller, um, and I, you know, I would, I would think if, again, if push came to shove and somebody thought Renan Johansson for a playoff run was going to help, sure, you know, you would, you would think of, you would certainly consider it. Um, 
Abe Kubel, you know, I kind of like him. The fact that they brought him in this year, you know, you would think that means that they thought he could help them in the long term. Um, so, but, yeah, and for some reason, we always seem to be coming back to poor Lars Eller. I mean, the, again, <laughs> the guy that, that scored the goal that won the cup, and here we are. We can't – it seems like we can't wait to get him out of here. Garnet Hathaway absolutely – has to stay. And you're absolutely right about that. I mean, he's become, he and Nick Dowd on, on that identity line there on the fourth line. It's just, it's absolutely crucial. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and hopefully Dowd is back sometime soon as well. Yeah, Dowd. I mean, that's another one thing, you know, we can even just take a look at the injuries and how that's affecting. You take a look at Dowd, you take a look at Wilson, you take a look at John Carlson, which mm-hmm. leads us to our next topic of the Caps blue line. Uh, John Carlson, the only blue liner under contract, the number one blue liner on the Caps right now, and he is out and it's due, you know, to Eric Gustafson and Trevor Van Riemsdyk, both of these guys being goal scorers. Are you kidding me? But they're doing it, uh, mm-hmm. but they can't do it alone. One of the things I said about the Caps defense right now is it's working, but it's like they're walking on eggshells. And if one of those guys got injured, you know, then you're kind of dealing in with Alexiev and Lucas Johansson. And I know that, you know, that they're they're supposed to be these great defensemen of the future. But for right now, they still need to simmer a little bit more in Hershey as far as I'm concerned. So uh, if you're going to bring back a defenseman, let's face it, Dmitry Orlov, I love Orlov. Um, are they going to give him a five-year deal if a rebuild is coming? You take a look at Van Riemsdyk. Uh, Faravari is a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take Jensen in that mix. Um, so the blue line is a tough thing for Brian McClellan to sort out. I know we have some runway between now and the end of the season. Who stays and who goes? Bob, you're the GM. I'm going to need you to make some quick decisions, rapid fire. All right. So let's say that everybody is, is, you've got a trade request for everybody. Um, I guess if you thought you could move Nick Jensen, I would hate to see it. But if you thought it could substantially improve the team, yeah, you would go there. You definitely re-signed Dmitry Orloff in the offseason. You definitely uh, ink Morton Ferravari to a long-term deal. He has has earned it. Um, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, I would like to see them keep. after that, I guess kind of all bets are off, and I guess I could see just about anybody else on the block. Um, but again, like you said, it, it it can't be, and I don't think it needs to be a complete teardown. I think there are some pieces there, you know, between what's on the bench and, and what's in the system that could keep this team competitive for the next few years. Yeah, and it's it's their tough questions out there. I ultimately think if they're going to make a move between now and the deadline, they need to pick up a depth defenseman. And I guess a lot of that hinges on John Carlson. As we know, he skated in January and everyone was all hyped up on it. And they said, well, pump the brakes, not so fast. He's going to get reevaluated this month in February. Right. And I guess that is, you know, the timing is perfect because say for some reason he's not good to go till the end of the season, then it's my assessment that they should go out and try to pick up maybe a big blue liner that can kind of eat up some some of those minutes because if they don't take care of it before the deadline then they're pushing all their chips in on what they have on the blue line because they really don't have that guy down in Hershey that's going to come up and save the day there. Bob I want to thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals again. Why don't you tell everyone about your podcast and where we can find your work? 
Absolutely. And Dan, thanks again for having me. But you can find the Bob Matthews podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, you just Google the Hockey Podcast Network. It'll come. It'll pop straight up. You go to it and scroll down. And I'm, I'm there on the page with um, with podcasts from all the other teams. You can also find me at Twitter at Bob Matthews 965. Every time we drop a new episode, we put it up there uh, so you can find us there as well. Also, Spotify and iTunes. Real easy to search and find us. All right, Bob. Once again, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And I want to thank all of you once again for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.